Hello. Test it. Test Hello and welcome to Agitate, a periodical podcast of creative, entrepreneur, and other interesting people. My name is Rob and I'll be taking you on this journey. So sit back and enjoy yourself. This is Agitate. Hey everybody, today we're talking to Stefan Hill. He's a Belfast photographer based here, working out of here in London. Does a lot of unit and gallery work for films and TV. Very interesting guy. Let's all have a listen. Do you want a coffee? Uh, do you know, I might actually get tea. Um, let me, I, I might, I'm going to get some date as well because uh, I just need a snack. Um, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Anything you want? No, I just got one. Thanks. What's that? <laughs> the microphone. Oh well. How are you? Anyway. Good yourself? Yeah, yeah. I'm not bad. I'm not that bad. always makes for good listening. Yeah, well I know. I thought that until it started. So what so why the podcast? Just uh, why something not? to do. Yeah. Okay. I just blew by at ten o'clock. You just what? I blew by a 10 o'clock meeting. Oh, uh, oh really? Oh shit. You forget about it or? Uh, the phone didn't sync. Oh no. You know when you Yeah, you, you did. put something oh, in the no, phone yeah, or in yeah, the yeah. laptop and it doesn't always cross over. Who was it with? Uh, they wanted to uh, shoot some mall stuff or something. Uh-huh. So just reschedule it for this afternoon. Are they are they okay about it or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. She was sitting out front of the Mac here. Oh, really? At ten o'clock. Oh, right. Texted okay. me. <laughs> Shit. That's not good. Um, How about you? How long are you in town for? Uh, I've, I'm working in Dublin tomorrow. And uh, is it this? Is, this isn't recording yet, is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it is? all live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you light? say? Did you say something you didn't want well, to no, already? Yeah, I, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to. <laughs> um, uh, and where are you putting this? Where is this going? Don't know yet. Don't know. Oh, well, that's even better. It'll go iTunes probably. Yeah. Oh, well, fine. Um, no, I've got a job tomorrow in Dublin, um, or just north of Dublin, and then I'm going to England Friday morning, um, just for family thing. Uh, and yeah, I'm still waiting for confirmation on stuff next week. So it's, uh, there's a lot of um, it's all uh, it's all up in the air really. Um, there's a lot of uh, maybes at the moment, but nothing nothing concrete. Yeah. So, uh, oh great, thank you. Lovely, thank you very much. Um, so we'll yeah, get this right in there so we can hear you chewing. <laughs> <laughs> for those who can't see, I just. Uh, <laughs> Received my breakfast of yogurt and granola because I'm trying to be healthy at the moment and stopping eating um, fried foods. Well, no, well, no, uh, trying to cut down on carbs really. Um, and it's, it's you know, so just eating fresh fruit, more fresh fruit, more yeah, and more protein, more more meat, less um, less chips, more meat, more meat. Yeah, sorry, I know that's not what you want to hear. Um, <laughs> Uh, and um, more broccoli. 
I, I actually funnily enough, broccoli is the only thing my kids will eat. Uh, really? Yeah, well, yeah. That's, which that's is a good. good thing, at least. Yeah, uh, broccoli and, and French beans. But um, yeah, no. So uh, next week I may be in London again. Um, uh, I may, you know, it's one of those cases where I've asked them to confirm and. They haven't yet. They're Yeah, I mean, to be fair to them, the schedule has been changing a lot, I think. So um, they don't really know what's going on. But, it, uh, you know, I emailed them yesterday and I haven't heard a peep back. I, e I contacted two people yesterday, in fact, about what's happening and not no return. And it's been 24 hours now and I just think that's a bit, it's a bit rude. Yeah. Um, I have a hold starting next week for 10 days. We'd like to shoot five days right. out of out of these ten days, weather dependent. <laughs> okay. I said, well, you got to start letting me know because yeah, yeah, I need to know. Yeah, yeah. So I get uh, I get a message this morning. Well, I'd like to confirm you for these days then, September twenty fourth through to, or sorry, what is it? August twenty fourth through to September second. Uh huh. Uh, That's the same ten days. <laughs> <laughs> but they're only going to pay you for five. Yeah, um, weather dependent, so should mm. be able to figure it out roughly. Yeah. It's a crew, so it's a, it's a what? Sorry, it's a TV crew, so they're oh, gonna right. have to. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so I mean, you know, there's there's quite a lot of productions. I mean, I've just finished a couple. Um, I was doing a thing in Bristol called Crazy Face. Or crazy head, no. Uh, for E4 and Netflix uh, comedy, which is unusual because uh, first time I've done a comedy. Um, oh, yeah. So that yeah, that was great for Netflix. Yeah, like shooting I mean, it over here. Sorry, shooting over here. Yeah, I mean it's, it's a British comedy, so it, you know it's. Um, I think Netflix are just investing in a lot of stuff here at the moment, same as it's Amazon. Crazy. You know, yeah. Uh, so it's. Uh, uh, six-part comedy series for um, for E4, and then Netflix syndicates it mm -hmm. around the world. I mean, they were telling me that they will apparently dub it into sixty languages. Wow, that's a lot <laughs> so of that, syndication. That, yeah, that's the kind of deal that they um, they that's you know that for a TV company here that's incredible because they'll all get percentage of that obviously. So so that that is sort of you know hitting the magic button. It's the um, delivery, yeah. Yeah, you know, both Amazon and Netflix have it down, stream it, whatever, um, download it. So, so that finished. I mean, it wasn't a massive amount of work on it. Um, it's been a busy old summer. Uh, I was you back on Fortitude again? Oh no, that's finished. That that finished in um, May, I think. May or June. That's second series. Second series of that. Yeah, um, I'm doing doing a thing called Lucky Man with Jimmy Nesbitt. Oh, yeah, yeah. We saw a few episodes of that. Uh, so that's second series. That goes on until December. Um, just had a holiday, which is nice. Um, <laughs> Somewhere in all so that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's a couple of things happening in Belfast soon as well. I haven't, I haven't had the nod yet. If I do, great. If I don't, no biggie, you know. Yeah. Um, at good old Belfast rates. Well, they're not too. It depends, they're not too bad. Um, it depends on the production, really. It, I mean, you know, it really does. 
and, and a lot of the respects it depends on the line producer how <laughs> much you know um, I mean I got I got to point on something recently where I was lucky enough that I didn't really want to do it and I knew they were desperate so I held out for the full whack and they didn't want to give it to me and um, you, you got to pick your battles I think so um, you know I mean it's the same with you you, you just got to um, uh, pick the ones that you want to fight for and the ones that you don't care about and if you don't care about them then you usually get the full full whack because you mm -hmm. said I'll just walk away you know yeah I got an email this morning saying they're querying on on usage and picking apart my quote uh -huh. I said, this client usually insists on, on a full buyout. Right. And I just wrote back, I go, who gets a full buyout anymore? Who? Well, yeah, I thought it was becoming more than norm. Like, but a commercial advertising mm. thing. Like, who is going to pay some ridiculous fee to a photographer for worldwide rights yeah. in any media? Yeah, yeah. You serious? You're going to use this for TV in Australia? No, you won't. Like you're a local, you're a local c consumer, local uh, commercial. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Why? Why do you need to buy it out? Yeah. Um. No, I know. Um, to be honest, that it, it's such a natural thing for me to just give away my rights because it's what I've always done. Because really. it's a different market. Yeah, it's not. It's not advertising. Um, completely different market. So it, it's. Um, They'll insist on it, even it's, if you don't yeah, say yeah, it. Yeah. They'll just it's, insist it's on territory it. that I'm not really, you know, used to, and, and it doesn't bother me because it's, you know, as long as I can use the, the photographs for my own, you know, self promotion, then I'm happy enough. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and I, I do a very limited amount of stock photography and stuff like that, and that all goes. You still with Alamy? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I haven't put anything new up there for years. Um, still paying. I wouldn't exactly be able to retire on it. Um, I sell the old picture. I mean, it, it, the dynamic of Almy has completely changed from when I first signed up to it. Yeah. And totally. You know, on average, when you sold a picture in the old days, you'd, you'd be making maybe uh, 150 quid from it. And these days, they're selling shots. You're getting five quid. <laughs> you know, um, but that's not Almy's fault. The market. With yeah. the micro stock change, they had to compete to that. So it's, it's you know they didn't have a choice. Um, so it's yeah, it's uh, it's just one of those things really. You but heard it, they got dragged into that lawsuit, mm. into um, that Getty lawsuit. Um, they were they were they were so, so it was Getty that did it, but then did Getty sing, uh, did they? Um, they had their pictures on Alamy. They were, they were yeah. syndicating for Alamy as well. Yeah. Uh, so it's not really Alamy's fault then that they didn't know these were copyrighted images. Yeah. And I, was it Alamy, I think, that sent the original photographer the letter, the invoice? Oh, because they... Um, yeah, something like that. Could be. Um, what a mess. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, and for somebody like Getty to make such a huge cock-up like that is... But they've got the money, I guess, to... A billion dollars? <laughs> they probably have. I mean, it's Getty, after all, you know? Can you imagine if... Oh, yeah. Here you go. Here's a check. Here's a billion dollars. Well... I'm really sorry. We they're took probably, you know, 150 they're probably images. Argue, argue. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, is that, is it, was it a billion? I hadn't realized. It was some ridiculous number. Yeah, yeah, she just plucked that from the air and said, right, yeah. there you go. Mm. I'm still, I still get, well, not still. I think I, I submitted three or four times to Alamy and they turned me down every single time because my, <laughs> they kept saying my images were out of focus. I don't understand how you can be rejected by Alamy. I mean, and I'm like, okay, I shot this in studio with a strobe. Uh, how is this not in focus? This uh, is totally sharp. Mm. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand that. Yeah. Um, so no, uh, you know, in answer to your question, I get pin money from it. If I'm lucky, I'll get probably about 60 quid every three months. Wow, you know. really? Uh, but hey, it's, you know, it's a few bottles of wine for doing nothing. So, you know. I guess. And it's not my, it's not high, it's not, higher in a living it no. really, really is no, just no, a, a sidebar and it's, I don't have time to, to concentrate on Alamy fully and, and put new pictures up there and everything you know I, I, I mean I have a stack of shot, shots on there that I haven't even captioned yet because I just don't have the time mm -hmm. or the inclination to do it um, and to be honest the ones that sell are usually the same pictures um, and uh, yeah I mean it's, my dad does quite well of it he, um, is he with Alamy? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he's, I mean, he's syndicated now with National Geographic and Getty. Oh, great. Wow. Um, it's quite funny because he denies this, but I was the one that um, persuaded him. Long story is that he, uh, National Geographic contacted him uh, occasionally to, to order prints from landscapes of, of Ireland or, or buy, and maybe not actually prints, maybe just to, for publications. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, have you ever contacted them about syndicating your work? And he hadn't. Um, and uh, so I persuaded him to, to, so he had the, you know, the contact's name that had been ordering prints. So he, he, he I drafted, well, maybe I drafted, I can't remember. Anyway, he emailed them and said, oh, by the way, I have a library of X amount of pictures. And, and, you know, do you think you could uh, syndicate it? Would you like to syndicate it? And they said, yes. So, um, so uh, yeah, he's done quite well out of that, and um, so now he's he's a yeah syndicated worldwide by National Geographic. That's great. Um, and they also have a tie in with Getty, so his stuff goes on Getty, which is ironic because at the same time I'd contacted Getty about it, and they said no. <laughs> um, so uh, so that's quite because um, hmm. uh, I have a friend who works for Getty, uh, who gave me contact in Getty. And uh, so I emailed him, and yeah, he said no. Um, so it was kind of two fingers up to him. It's funny why they wouldn't be interested. For Who knows? Tens of thousands of images of Ireland, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I guess Getty. I don't know. Getty has so many different departments, you know, covering yeah. different. My friend works; he's a sports photographer. So, um, whereas, whereas Getty is so much more than a sports agency, you know, they just happen to buy our all sport. Um, so, so although my dad does have Alamy, his stuff's also syndicated on National Geographic. So that's you know that's where he gets his main income these days. Um, that's good. No, I mean it's it's it was a bit of a slow burner, but it, it's it's kind of caught on now, um, and he's quite well established. Is, there, he, is so. he constantly updating? Is he oh, out yeah, there shooting? Oh all yeah, the time? I mean I mean he does a lot of work um, for is it Board Folsha? Um, the Irish Tourist Board. Oh yeah, he's got a very good relationship with them, so they, they usually give him a big commission every summer. 
Um, and he was out last night, you know, somewhere three hours away photographing the sunset. Um, he was, ironically, he was telling me that he, there was another professional photographer there and they got chatting and, uh, and the guy said, oh, who, who are you working for? And he, and he said, oh, Tourism Ireland. He said, oh, yeah, so am I. And they're, they're being commissioned because they, they split <laughs> the country up. Yeah. So they've both been commissioned to do different, you know, Dad does the North and Donegal or whatever. But they crossed over on the peripheries of their territory to do the same thing on the same night. So, um, uh, so what quite are, a coincidence. What are the chances? Um, uh, so that, you know, so yeah, he, you know, he's, he definitely keeps his arm in doing. I mean, that's always been his his major love is, is landscapes. So. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he's, he's very good at it. He kind of has a knack of knowing. You know, being able to look at the weather forecast and knowing when to, when to go and when not to go, which, as you appreciate in Northern that's, Ireland, is no a, easy. That's a mastery. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what about you? What have you? Um, you said you had quite a slow summer, which uh, I, think yeah, I, I think everyone. Ha- you know, during the marching season, the yeah. whole place is shut down. Yeah. Um, I had a few 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 things in Dublin, and then some some advertising stuff a good week or so of, of advertising for one client yeah. for an outdoor campaign and then this one coming up five days out of ten for next week well I mean I suppose the thing is you must welcome quiet periods so you can then concentrate on your your sanctuary show oh yeah yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, I built a take. cattery right <laughs> last week just finished it the other day how do you build a cattery do you, you can... ah, it's just a whole bunch of wood, stained it, right. built a big frame, went down to the some place by the airport to get uh, like metal fencing, roll of it, and just uh-huh. encase the the wooden frame with it. I just have to do the top now, and then it will be done. I saw the um, I saw the article in the, the Telegraph. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, were you happy with it? Yeah, there's a few errors in it, but. Uh, um, Saying we only had 17 dogs. <laughs> How many do you have? 39. 39? How did you get that figure then? <laughs> There's 17 dogs in the cabin with us. Mm. Okay. So. Um, and it, so how did that come about? Did, you, did they contact you or did you uh, instigate it? Or? A person I work with regularly knew a friend of a friend who's an editor and mm. said you should check these guys out. I noticed you took your own picture. I was wondering whether they'd send out. Oh photographer my goodness! It was. <laughs> so they wanted to, uh, they wanted to send a photographer out. Olivia didn't want any more people on the property. Yeah. They were, they were, they sent out a writer, mm-hmm. and she brought a, her cousin or something with her. So there's two people on the property for yeah. a couple of hours. Right. And then they wanted to send a photographer down a couple of days later to do photographs. Yeah. So in the meantime, I followed Olivia around the next the following day after the writer and I just did like a day in the life of Olivia yeah from morning to yeah, 12 yeah. o'clock at night and then I did three scenarios of a of a portrait of her and I and I submitted them and uh, the writer wrote back and said we'd still like to have one of our photographers come up or no she said that when when she was there yeah I yeah. am Olivia goes, well, Rob's a photographer. Well, we'd really like to have our own photographer come out here. And then uh, 
I submitted them. And she came back to Olivia again and said, yeah, we're going to send out a photographer. This is his name. So Olivia started checking him out. I did a little background check on him. Mm. He's a decent enough photographer. It's like, cool. In the meantime, he asked me for a link to the gallery that I had shot. Yeah. So I sent it to him. And he goes, these are fabulous, man. These are fabulous. I don't need to come Yeah, there's no point. See, that's, at least he he (laughs) said that. And then he goes, these are great. I'm going to put you on the list. (laughs) All right, okay. Um, So, yeah, so it's, it's... the editorial journalist saying, oh, we need our own photographer and then as soon as the photographer sees it, yeah, yeah, we're good. This is it. didn't say this is shit. Yeah, that's always good. Yeah, yeah. And I'm um, on the list for the Belfast Telegraph as a... As a... As a... Potential photographer. photographer. Yeah. But I bet you're so excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you know. You know, if if they wanted me, I don't know. They have a weekend magazine or something, or you do, know, they, if, do they? Do they? I mean, I don't know if they just pick up stories. And the thing is that, that you know, I used to work for the National Supplements, and they have no money. I mean, I, this the Observer asked me to do a job, uh, and they were paying nothing. I mean, ridiculous amount of money to go all the way over to Derry to photograph a guy making bagpipes. Um, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I when I couldn't do it, I put your name forward. I, you know, I made a few suggestions, but I think I might have got I've got that phone call. Did you get it? Oh yeah, no, you did, didn't you? But you couldn't do it. I couldn't make it. You yeah. couldn't do it. I, no, because I rang you. That's, that's it. right. I rang and you. I remember it was rather low. I was nothing. Beat peanuts. Yeah. And but so the nationals are paying peanuts. I can't imagine Belfast Telegraph's going to be. Well, Guardian, Guardian pay the rate. But this was this is and the they Guardian. pay mileage. This, this is the Observer, which is the same thing. Oh, is it? Yeah, Observer's owned by the Guardian. It's just their Sunday version. They don't have a Sunday paper, so they have the Observer instead. Well, Guardian paid two seventy-five plus mileage, uh, which I still don't think is very much. But that's kind of the going rate for editorial. Yeah, but they won't. You know, they, and they won't. They, they want a big glossy lit photograph, but they won't pay for an assistant or anything like that. Um, I think. I think they're offering two fifty plus mileage, so it's about the same. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I, I think it. I think it should be about three fifty at least. Um, well, to, to it's dairy, a day. It's a, you know, to you go try, to dairy, it's a whole yeah, day for sure. Day rate, come on. I mean, um, and even at three fifty, that'd be cheap to go to yeah. dairy if you if you're looking at it as being a day rate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's um, when I worked in, in London for the Telegraph back in the day, uh, the the Daily Telegraph. Um, I think when I started working there, they paid 110 pounds, but we're talking 1993, 94. Um, uh, and, and that's then, for like an editorial story. And that was for, uh, yeah. I mean, it was it wasn't a spread; it was a one-off picture. Normally, that they used occasionally they used two pictures, but generally just one one picture. Um, mostly in London, and yeah, you know, you you you'd go there and you'd get 10 minutes. Fifteen minutes, um, and simple, simple lighting, if any. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, back then I I tended to light everything because um, it was all film, uh, and because you just didn't have the flexibility that you would have these days with natural with available. You know, if, mm-hmm. if I had had like fast lenses and um, ASO capabilities back then, I, I could have done 
made a lot more interesting pictures with because I'd go to rubbish hotels and, and um, yeah. uh, really, really difficult locations where it's just very hard to, to light and time-consuming and all the rest of it. So I, but I, I used to have this cart that I travelled throughout London trying to <laughs> not collapse in an exhausted heap, trying to get into hotels and stuff. And, and um, you know, and, and half the time, if it was a funky hotel, generally the best place to shoot was in the reception because it was the kind yeah. of the funkiest it's area. Um, you know, I did Juliette Lewis once in a in a hotel in Shepherd's Bush in the reception, and it's uh, without an assistant, two light setup, um, and through uh, there was a. I always like shooting again. If there was any frosted glass anywhere, I used to always like putting a coloured gel. Mm -hmm. on the, if it's if it's like a band, or whatever. It was for the art section I worked for. You see, so often it would be a band or um, singer or something like that. So I, I often put a just a backlight shining through with a color with a gel on, like a red or, or turquoise or something, um, through the frosted glass and shoot them with a soft box going the other way. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah. So that that was kind of my world. But then over over a lot of the time it was in the Dorchester Hotel, which was just the worst. Is it? It's, like an old style. It's very very chintzy. You know, sixty or eighteenth-century uh, furniture and and, yeah, and stuffy. Just, uh, just really, really not. You know, I photographed Michael Mann there. I must have told you my Michael Mann story. No. Um, so, and and obviously, it's. I think it was. What was it? What was the film? Can't remember. Uh, we're talking. It was in the nineties, probably. Heat. But Something like that. Could have been heat, actually. Um, anyway, big, big. He was doing obviously a big press junket. Um, and the normal for, for these kind of shots, the normal scenarios that I would go with the journalist, we'd get an hour slot. I'd set up while the journalist did the interview, and I'd get ten minutes at the end. Um, and because it was the Dorchester, I thought I'd put all, well, just honeycombs and all my lights. Uh, so I think I had three lights. Mm -hmm. uh, so a honeycomb. So I got a chair because it's just chintz everywhere. So I got a chair, spotlight the chair with a key light, backlight, back of the head, and then a, a light, just a little zing along the wall in the background. Mm -hmm. So obviously you've got to go, because there's spotlights, you've got to have, you know, there's, there's not much leeway of where you can position yourself and where the subject is. So he comes in and he just lifts the chair and picks it up and puts it about a metre and a half away from where it was <laughs> and sits on it. And uh, yeah, so all my spotlights are off. And so now in my 10 minutes that I have, I know I have to relight for two minutes running around, you know. And also then you're trying to, trying to I mean, maybe I was a fool on to myself because I always used to try and come up with like three different options. Yeah. Varieties and, and, instead of just concentrating on one setup and, and just getting the best from that. Um, and uh, so... It, it, yeah, so that he kind of fucked me raw as and, and he just didn't, uh, you couldn't put it back where it was, the chair? Uh, I think if I'd done that, it would have been disrespectful to him. He made the, he made the decision, you know, made, look, I was younger then. Uh, maybe <laughs> nowadays I would have said, look, I've just lit to this area. Do you mind if we do it, if we move the chair over? And he would have done it. Um, uh, sorry, it's just my my bank texting me. 
never a good thing. Um, uh, so yeah, so I, I kind of had to shuffle the lights. Look, it didn't. It wasn't a massive relight, but then it, it also meant I'd lined them up with I don't know some furniture, you know, mm, symmetrically, framing them, and that was all fucked then. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's it happens. It happens. I'm sure you've yeah you've been in that kind of scenario uh, in yeah. the past. Um, I told you my Michael O'Leary story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's exactly the same as that, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I did a... Did I tell you my Andrea Bocelli story? No. So, Andrea Bocelli, uh, if you, if you, he's a classical um, opera singer. Yeah. Uh, Italian, um, uh, but also happens to be blind, okay? So I used to work for a magazine called Classic FM. It's now sadly defunct. And uh, we went over to Italy... Oh, the, well, the, the great the story was that um, uh, they gave us his wrong his old address. The publicist gave us his former address, so we rocked up at this address. He didn't live there anymore. So by the time we found out where he did live, we had to kind of jump back in the car and, and you know driving like maniacs uh, to uh, to his new house. We got to his new house, and it was just really you just the atmospherics were just weird, really, really odd. Um, uh, he was nowhere to be seen. Somebody kind of came to us, said hello, and then disappeared. So we were literally sitting there in his house <laughs> for half an hour. I was with the editor, the art editor, and myself. For half an hour, we just sat there looking at each other going, um, what's going on? And uh, so eventually we got a bit of leeway, and, and um, uh, I think they'd forgotten or something, or somebody hadn't told. I don't know what was going on. Um, Anyway, look, he's not, he's a very, very good opera singer. Um, but he came down and he wanted to be photographed with a trumpet. And we, so we had a huddle and said, we can't put him on the front cover with a trumpet. It's just going to confuse, you know. Yeah. I think his, he plays lots of instruments uh, for pleasure, but he doesn't play them when he performs. He's a singer. Sure. But he likes to play, he, he plays lots and lots of different. So he wanted to kind of show off the fact that he could play lots of different instruments. But we had to kind of delicately, delicately uh, negotiate that we do at least some without the trumpet yeah. so that it, it wouldn't, um, uh, yeah, it wouldn't uh, confuse, confuse people on the, on the front cover of the magazine. Um, but it was all, uh, I think he got upset by it. And I think also, I think because he's blind, he's, He's quite self-conscious about, which is fair enough. And, yeah. and um, uh, so it was just one of those really awkward situations where I is his English good? Uh, no, was uh, there good communication. I, going no, back? well, no, there was there was very bad. It was very difficult communication. Broken. I think, yeah. And um, <laughs> uh, so it was just it just made just one of those farcical days. Um, and then to, to cap it all, when I was loading, I think I, I bust the taillight on the hire car at the end of the day just to just to round it off nicely. Um, but yeah, so so again, he's just uh, he's um, showing you what artists can do to mess you up when you when you try to put when it you up. got an idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to be um, flexible, right? Somewhat, somewhat. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. That was that really? We uh, <clears throat> we shot an actress in Toronto years ago when I was assisting. We waited three days 
three nights, sorry. Right. It was a night shoot yeah. on, underground in the subway system, this horror film. And we had all the lighting set up in an office building across the road. They gave us a space, set up this studio. We waited three nights to get this actress. Okay. <clears throat> had it all lit perfectly. And finally, on the third night, she came up. She gave us five minutes. This is for, this is for the gallery. This is going to go on the cover of the DVD, the movie yeah, posters, yeah, yeah. everything. Yeah. She gets in there. She looks at the lighting. She goes, this is all wrong. <laughs> You've lit me from the wrong side. You have to flip this all around. And we obviously, over three nights, we spent yeah. it tweaking, doing Polaroids, checking it again, yeah, checking yeah, it yeah, again, yeah. making sure the packs are firing back and forth and back and forth. Finally, for her to come in and give us five minutes, and now we got to reverse the whole setup. <laughs> so if you actually look at the DVD cover, you know, there's three three actors on, on the cover. And her lighting's she, different. Hers is the old one that's lit from the other side. Yeah. No, I, I look, I've had that. I've had an actress come in with a compact mirror and look at the lighting and go, no, and walk off again. Hey. Um, I, you know, if, and you just think, at least tell you if they're going to be that. Well, a publicist, yeah. somebody should come forward and go, you know what, she likes to be lit from the right. Yeah. She doesn't yeah. really like the left side of her face. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. No problem. Um, no, I've been there, done that, definitely. Um, so I, I got a um, you you uh, your studio is, is Belfast Rental Studios, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I might I, I might need to hire a studio um, in the next couple of weeks for job. Yeah. If sure. I if I get it, uh, I've just put a quote in, so I'm, I'm waiting. Um, waiting for them to come back and uh, no problem and, and see so um, let me know if there's budget for a studio otherwise feel free to no no there, there is a budget so I just quickly looked how much it was online uh, last night I just quoted that um, uh, so it, it's uh, it's one of those jobs I don't really want to do <laughs> oh yeah um, and uh so I've kind of, you know, I'm not too... If they come back to me, great. If not, then it's fine. Um, it's just, it's really hard for me to commit to... Um, I try to be... Because I'm waiting for productions to come back to me with their yeah. days. I try not, you know, I try not to commit to anything. Um, and uh, it, it's... So they, they already wanted a day where I have a pencil on and uh, we've changed it to the 2nd of September, just so you know. Um, which I think it's a Friday, uh, a couple of weeks' time. Um, what uh, about your studio? Your dad's Yeah, studio? well... Too small, or...? It's... It, I didn't, it's just a bit too, uh, too quirky, I think. I, want, I wanted something just a, a, a simple, neat... Um, uh, the 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 story uh, is about um, well I don't really want to say on tape to us but um, I, I, just, I just it's available on the second so <laughs> uh, uh, great um, so I, but I just yeah I just wanted something that was a bit more like a photography studio not a sort of 
the yeah. Dior loft, loft yeah. department uh, quirkiness, which is fine for other stuff, but but uh, not for that. Um, and you know, if they've got the budget for it, then then fine. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, and there's parking. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. I thought about that. Um, uh, so um, so yeah, I'll let you know if, sure. if, that, if that comes off or not. Um, but yeah, it's funny. It's, it's this whole thing about committing to days. It's like you know, I, the whole of September at the moment, I don't have anything booked. But potentially, but you're on hold. But I'm on. You know, uh, potentially people are giving me dates, but they're not saying exactly when. Or I do have dates, but I can't commit to those because I don't know when this other production wants that. You know, and they were first. And um, uh, so September has potentially been quite busy, but um, I'm still waiting to hear. Somebody you know. just has to. Yeah, off my work. Tell you the for, for yeah. sure. This, you know, we want you to work on these days. And said, are you available on this day if we might need you? You know, and, and the, the, the locations as well. It's, it's one location's Budapest, one location's Cornwall, um, one location's Dublin, and one location's London. So it's a complete logistical logistics. Logistics, yeah. to, totally. Because the, the Dublin, if I'm working in Belfast, I can get back to Belfast relatively easily, early. Yep. Um, but Dublin, I can't. So that literally takes three days up for one day in Dublin. It takes three days on my schedule. Um, How so? Well, just traveling, just um, uh, to to get. If I'm in London, to get, I, I can't fly direct to Dublin. I, I need to go to Belfast first. Well, they're not because they're not going to pay for me to fly to Dublin. Oh, and it's uh, much right. more expensive to go to Dublin from London than it is to Belfast because it's not a domestic flight. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I have a set, you know, basically my the way I can operate is I have everything I need in London or in Sussex. And then I just need my cameras to travel, hand luggage. And then I have everything I need in Belfast if I'm shooting here. Yeah. So two sets of everything other than cameras. So I can't go straight to Dublin because I, no. I need to bring all my kit and then that has expense and, and blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, and they're not even in Dublin, they're kind of north of Dublin. Um, so yeah, it literally takes. Uh, you know, I would I couldn't get there first thing in the morning, say, and still get a night flight out from Belfast to get back to England on yeah, the same day. It would have to be the next tight. morning. Yeah, because um, <laughs> the, the you know the last flights aren't that late. They're about half six. Um, or I mean, actually, I don't know if Ryanair do a better a later flight, but they're not. They're not from city from the city airport. No, uh, from uh, I need to go to Gatwick. And uh, no one operates from City anymore. Um, Ryanair or International, they have one one route to Gatwick, um, so they might do a later flight. But EasyJet are crazy. They they have an early flight in the morning, and then they have nothing during the day, and then their next flight is twenty past four, and then they want to have one at twenty past five, and then half six, and then I think they do have a later one, half eight. I think maybe is the latest. Wow. Um, it's a strange setup they have. Hmm. Uh, because I've kind of shot, because I'm flying, I'm, I'm booked on a 6.15 flight on Friday to get to England. But Dublin didn't tell me they were on a split day, so I'm not finishing until half 11. So then I've got to drive back to Belfast hmm. in time to get up at half four to get to the airport. So it's, yeah, I'm looking at about two hours, three hours sleep. Which productions would want to do that, they book you for a day, but they don't tell you it's just, oh, actually, it's a night shoot. You're not going to finish at four o'clock the next yeah. morning or whatever. I mean, it's not as bad this time, but 
they didn't tell me I'd be finishing at half eleven at night, you know. Um, so uh, wow. So that's so the logistics is difficult. Um, if I'm going, you know, if I'm going to say work in in Budapest, and, and that's by no means definite at the moment. Um, it was purely a uh, are you available uh, email. They may pay for travel day or like a half rate or something. Mm-hmm. It really depends on the budget. Um, uh, certainly, when I went to Iceland, they paid a travel day. Well, I did like an all uh, a package basically, you know, a, a sort of a, a deal for a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but if it's UK based, then. They generally don't pay for travel days because um, uh, they're expecting you to have wings and well, be, yeah, be yeah. everywhere at any no, time. No, no. no. Um, <laughs> In dairy, it's, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it, it's so that's that's the kind of logistical nightmare that I'm facing at the moment. Is trying mm-hmm. to do potentially four productions in four different countries um, over four weeks, uh, over over four week or eight week period. So it's it's yeah, it's, and none of them committing to any days. So I can't commit to the Dublin day. In fact, the Dublin one's the only one that has given me days, but I can't commit to those because if they take three days on my schedule, I'm going to lose work if, if, yeah. if it's any... So I'm going to have to turn Dublin down, but then I don't want to turn Dublin down because I don't have any other solid days booked. So it's, it's that, you know, burden hand. Catch, catch 22, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, still, I'm still waiting on... on um, and even when they do give you dates, they're still not written in stone. Yeah. Um, as you know from working in production, so it's um, they could it could change last minute and things like that. Um, yeah, we're running over. An extra day, <laughs> Saturday. Oh yeah, really? Well, I'm gone yeah. Friday night. Uh, Sorry. No, I know. I mean, it, you know, it's um, it's. I mean, I even changed my holiday recently to accommodate production. Um, you were flexible enough. Uh, yeah, it, it, it worked out okay. <clears throat> my, my wife, uh, we were all staying with my uh, mother-in-law and uh, my, uh, my wife's family, essentially, in, in a, a house in France uh, for a week. And um, so it wasn't like I was leaving on her own. She was going to be with her mum, brother and sister and their families. Mm-hmm. Um, and I joined them later in the week and then we extended the week and had our own family holiday after that. Cool. Um, uh, but yeah, I did have to change flights, and um, I, cause, I mean, I, I was trying to keep that week free, and then I did, and I turned down three days on something else, but then three days came up on, on this other one, which carries on till December. Uh, it was Lucky Man, and That's good. Um, so I, yeah, I didn't want to uh, risk losing the gig, basically, and also because I can't afford to turn down six days' work. Yeah. So do you um, always buy flight insurance? Uh, no, to be honest, no. never. No, no. Take e- the gamble. EasyJet, brilliant. EasyJet, fantastic. This year, well, no, the the EasyJet aren't fantastic. Actually, I'll take that back. Um, <laughs> no, their their uh, their timekeeping is is shocking. Um, I've started keeping a chart actually about how how bad. Uh, coming back. From London to Belfast is sweet. It's it's usually on time, no problems. Mm-hmm. But going the other way is constantly delayed, and we're not talking ten minutes here and there. We're talking, you know, an hour, two hours, three hours. So it's the ground crew at Belfast is. I think no, I just just 
because they're working to such tight turnarounds, and, and the planes aren't always just doing it. Sometimes they're coming from France, or however logistically they work it out. Yeah. Um, and if the, if there's if there's one mishap along the way, then it just has this knock-on effect. And um, so the, so the later the later the flights are, the worse it is. Um, uh, I find. But the beauty about EasyJet is that they have um, they have this thing called Flight Club, mm-hmm. uh, which is, is uh, invitation only, um, and it's completely changed the way I travel because it's essentially you can change your flights now for free. You only pay the difference in fare if there is a difference, which there isn't always. Cool. So beforehand, it used to cost you thirty quid per change or forty quid per change. Uh, and it was often cheaper just to get a new flight. Now, uh, they, uh, you, you can just bring up a number, your membership number, and they will change. So I, I, I've even, so basically what I'm able to do is uh, I can book flights when I think I'm going to be using them, and then if I change need to change them. them, I can just change them. Sweet. I have like four flights that I've parked in October uh, because I didn't need them, and then I can bring them back uh, whenever I need them. Great. Um, and How far ahead can you park them? As far as, you, as, far as they're scheduled. I mean, they, they haven't said to me, but um, I, I've, you know, but you can change them more than once, so it's, yeah. uh, so I can just keep changing them. Now, the, the thing is, some of those... You've got to remember. you got to remember, and, and yeah. Because <laughs> I've done that before. Oh, God, yeah. And some of those flights as well, is, it costs more than others, so you want to make sure that you, uh, when you're getting, when you're changing it to a new flight, that, A, it's not going to cost you more money, if you can help it. So, mm-hmm. so just remember which ones were the more expensive ones to change for the expensive ones that you need to get. Um, there's no point in using a flight that's cost you 175 quid to, to, to buy a new flight that only costs 30 quid, you know. So you've got to keep tabs a little bit on that. But it's, it's, oh, it's, it's just made my life so, so much less stressful because I know that I can book a flight and then, and then if it happens, great. And if it doesn't happen, I can just change that. Do you ever fly Flybe? No, Flybe is terrible. Um, I've heard, I've seen that on Facebook. A lot of people always getting stranded and delayed. And Flybe, Flybe will. Um, they, uh, a lot of the time, they'll cancel flights if there's not enough people on it for start. Um, uh, but but there's a very simple fact that don't use Flybe, and they're also they're, they're not cheap. They're, they're a lot of the time they're the most expensive. But but the main reason is their overhead lockers are too small for my camera bag. I can't, really? Yeah, I cannot get different my, size. It's a completely different. It's a smaller plane. It's like a little prop plane, you know. Uh-huh. Um, uh, with two seats abreast. Oh no, one one seat on one aisle, and then two oh, seats. Really on, small. Yeah. Wow. Um, and uh, the 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 hand luggage was again EasyJet. This is where they they do come into their own. Unlimited weight on your hand luggage. My hand luggage. In flight club. It, it, no, no. It, just anybody booking has an unlimited weight. Um, uh, the, now, Flight Club is free. It's because it's invitation only. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't cost you. But there's another thing EasyJet do called EasyJet Plus, yeah. which does cost you. That's 170 quid a, a year, I think. That enables you to have more than one bag to bring on. So you've got your, your main hand luggage, but you've, you've also got a smaller bag that you can put under your seat. Yeah. So that's great. Um, uh, but there's no weight limit on your bag, as long as it's within the dimensions. Um, and it, you can lift, and they say you can lift it yourself into the locker um then whereas most most airlines have like seven kilo or ten kilo yeah yeah which is like you know two cameras and two lenses basically and, and you're and you throw in a laptop and everything Where else did i go i went to went to london london for three days shoot earlier this year 
and the client wouldn't pay for any extra luggage or anything. So I just thought, screw it. Right. I'll yeah. put it all in the camera bag. Yeah. I lived out of the camera bag for three days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've done that. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I've, I've put socks and yeah. toothbrush wrap, wrap lenses around. Yeah. And, and uh, in my camera bag, definitely. Um, but no, but he's the only one to do that as well. So oh, even, that's cool. even though their time can be, can be rubbish, um, they have, the, they're the best choice in regards from that works flexibility for yeah, yeah completely um but especially the the unlimited hand luggage because you know my even when my camera bag's the lightest i can be it's usually about 12 13 kilo wow. um well you know with a laptop and, and um when you fly to iceland who are you flying with well iceland was uh iceland air um but i had i, I had free bags that i could check in you know, which the company paid for. Um, so I had like 60 kilos uh, in the bags. Um, well, you know, I've got my blimp. So you brought all your lighting? And no, no lighting. No lighting. Zero lighting. Um, uh, actually... You were just doing units? Well, no, no, there? sorry. It wasn't, it wasn't 60 kilos in total. It was about 40... It was about 47 kilos. The third bag was only about... <laughs> third bag, the Peli case, was seven kilos. And what was in it was about four kilo but it was a laptop because I couldn't um, I had because I, I had to keep my camera bag under 10 kilos so I had to put what I normally have my, or what a lot of what I normally have into pelly cases so you know you sell pelly yeah. cases they're like 7-10 kilos just for the case <laughs> yeah um, so the third case that I had going there was uh, was for my laptop and a few other bits and pieces um, but the, the case weighed more than what I had in it you know um, and that was only because I had to keep my, my hand luggage down below 10 kilos. Yeah. So, um, but it was, a, I mean, it was a nightmare of Carnet. And the actual process of Carnet going through customs, that wasn't the nightmare. The nightmare was telling production, who didn't commit to dates for me to go, that, um, by the way, I need a Carnet. And then they go into a big flap because they hadn't thought about that. And, and um, that all has to be sorted out. And, and um, so the first... So you- you make sure the production does the carnet? Yeah. Yeah, I send them a list of all my stuff, what it's worth and where it's yeah. made, blah, blah, blah. And then they, because they, they, they're doing it for the rest of the gear. So, sure. you know, it, it, they have a company that's doing it. But no one, no one had, had thought about it. I got the impression no one had thought about it. Because uh, I can't rock up to, you know, a non-EU country with 40 grand's worth of camera gear. And, and just go through as a tourist, yeah. you know. Um, mm, scratch your head. Yeah. Mm, it, it, uh, so, um, but they literally, uh, and then they sort of said, oh, can we bike this? Um, we need to get this signed by you and then stamped. And uh, uh, like by the end of today, can we bike it to you? Well, yeah, I don't live in London. You realize that? Oh, where? where and he said, well, you know, you can... Um, uh, I, I think, well, they sent to me because I, I use my mum's house as a base, which is it's a it's a it's a two-hour drive from central London through traffic. Yeah, um, it's only about forty miles away from central London, but it's you know it's um, so I think they sent they sent a production runner in a car, um, <laughs> and uh, I think I was there, and then she, I signed it and gave it back. To I can't I can't remember now, but it was all a bit of a last-minute yeah kick bollock scramble. Um, 
to, to get it all, because then they had to get it back to me. I think that was the problem, that I had to be signed and stamped and then sent back to me to take to the airport. Um, and uh, yeah, that was, that was funny. Um, but you know, it's like another, another production wanted me to go to Morocco for a day and a half. Um, and There's probably two days worth of pre-production just yeah, to get to no, Morocco. I know. <laughs> and, and so I, I, I know it's a real shame because I'd love to have... Um, but I, to be honest, I have a feeling that they had enough photographer covering the main bulk of it, and they, only, they but they just needed this day and a half covered, so I just, mm. I just, you know, I, I was already booked, so it doesn't didn't make any difference. But um, I just, I'm not going to Morocco. If I'm going to Morocco for a week, great, but not for a day and a half. That's just rubbish. Yeah. Um, Jeez, back in the '90s, we used to do just green cards. We used to go to yeah. the airport, yeah, yeah. get that little equipment list green card. Yeah. Just yeah. get it stamped. You'd go to the customs guy, you know, in the airport. Yeah, yeah. Open up all the cases. He'd just do a spot check on something. Yeah. Go fine, stamp it. You're done. Yeah. Wouldn't but, bother with carnets. I mean, I didn't get any. Um, I didn't get any checks or anything like that. They just filled in the paperwork and the rest of it. Um, but it's. Uh, uh, um, for me, it was just. If I hadn't have emailed them and said, oh, by the way, what about my carnet? It would have been forgotten about completely. And, you would have gone to the airport. And, yeah, seriously. Wow. Yeah. You, you wouldn't have left it that long. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, they, they're just... What I've learned is you have to be very proactive to push them to do their jobs, basically, you know. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, it's... it's um, I mean, look, to be fair to them, they have, like, a billion things they're trying to organize mm -hmm. for the main production so I can kind of understand why Stills gets forgotten about. Um, <laughs> uh, it doesn't make it any easy. Catering above Stills, come on. <laughs> but you know, that, but I've learned not to sit back and, and let it because it won't happen. You know, you need to oh, yeah. push them and and, um, uh, and get it. You know, you got to take responsibility yourself and, and, and push a little you bit. You got to be that little done. voice in the back of the room putting up your hand, going, "Hey, yeah, hey, yeah, it's don't, me. don't forget about hey, me." Hey. Um, uh, Can I get a lunch too? <laughs> you let me in on the bus. Um, I know. I, I think I'm thinking about getting a badge made up saying I work here too. <laughs> um, uh, it's like, you know, it's like the other day I was it. There was a focus puller, and she's really nice actually. And we're in an ice rink, A and B camera, and they did the rehearsal. And and I just thought, oh, I really, you know, I really want to be where B camera is. Mm -hmm. It's the best angle for me. Um, and then they they decided they couldn't do it with two cameras at the same time. So they said, right, we'll go A first, and then we'll do B second. So I thought, great. And I said to got an empty space. I said to her, look, can I can I um, get right in by the camera? I mean, the camera didn't move, but it, they, they they weren't shooting, so yeah. I could I could be as close to the camera as possible. And, and uh, I said, the and I got on really well with the focus puller. And I sort of said, um, uh, you know, is it okay? Is it okay if I if I sit in here um, as you're not shooting? And she kind of and it surprised me because I do get on well with her. And she kind of and she kind of went, oh well, yeah, I suppose so. I suppose you ha I suppose you have to. I was you know she, I think she wanted to use it as a practice run for her or something. I, Something yes, but yeah. it, it, it was it was that you know she said oh well, I suppose you have to get your your shots as well. It was that kind of well I suppose you I suppose you're working here as well. You know it wasn't like oh yeah sure of course yeah no problem. 
And you just think, we're all on this together, buddy. I'm not, you know, I'm not on work experience from school here. Um, Go team. Teamwork. <laughs> Yay. So, yeah, there's a lot of that, isn't it? Um, yeah. But, I, yeah, it's just putting up your hand and pushing your way in there when you can, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the difference between you and me is you got a blimp. Yeah. I shoot everything yeah. on rehearsals or no audio or, you know, can I, okay, you guys are done. You're like, can I get you for like 10 seconds? Yeah. <laughs> and literally 10 seconds and they just go, brrr, brrr, just change the angle a but couple of times. But I, but I do that as well. I mean, I, you know, um, it's quite funny because, uh, you know, some angles you just can't get. You got to yeah. be where the camera oh, yeah. is. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, on Crazy Face, it's quite funny. Um, and I often, if I'm doing that, I'll take the camera out the blimp just because I can get to the controls easier. And, and I was the two main actresses. Um, so they pull the camera out, and it's you know, it's ten seconds to get the shot. And so I literally, you know, literally on fast mode, uh, and and two actresses pose. And as soon as I said "got it," they all went. Ah! And, and cracked up like you know, like they'd just been shot, and cracked the entire crowd because it was a bit like that. Um, but it, you know, that was endearing because I got on really. There, there was two of the night, loveliest, loveliest girls. Um, uh, with a know, sense of humor. With a sense of humor, I know That's totally. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, uh, and and I, I almost hate not using the vent because of that because I, I find the camera so so noisy. Yeah. Uh, but I told I told you I got Fuji, didn't I? Did I tell you that? Like a Oh, mirrorless. Mirrorless, one. yeah. Um, silent. So it's silent. Um, it's an XT1, and they've just just announced an XT2, so mm -hmm. I'll, I'll upgrade to that since I've got an order in already. Um, so it's my kind of first foray into that whole thing. Uh, What's the low light like? Well, it's it's not as good as a Sony. Um, Six thousand four hundred. So You're on Nikon though, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a smaller sensor, um, and it's 16 megapixels. But the Sony is, is like a full sensor at 12 megapixels, so I figure they kind of balance each other out a wee bit. Um, That's the A7S. Yeah. And it's um, the A7 IIr is the 42 megapixel yeah, one? That's yeah. That's the super low light? Uh, no, 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 no. The, the one with the, with the higher pixel count is, is not low light capable at all. Yeah, I think it is. Nope. Not compared to the, the, the low light version. Oh, no? It's not. I oh, know. Hmm. Believe me, I looked into it. It's not. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it will probably go to 8,000 or so or whatever, but it's, it's, like the, it's like the D810. You know, it's, um, it's 36 megapixels, but you can't really shoot it past 4,000 ASA before you start noticing grain Getting stuff. chunky. You know. um, but it, 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 the Fuji... It, it's great, but it does have limitations. Um, biggest limitation, I think, is shutter speed. You can only have, you can only, it, it picks up on the pulse of light. So if it's if you're shooting a lit scene, mm -hmm. uh, you can get like banding. Thirtieth of a second. Or well, something? no, you got it. You got to sync with the the. So it depends what country you're in for start. So in the U.S., Canada, it's uh, sixty hertz. Yeah. Here, it's fifty hertz. So you got to be a fifty for second or hundred for second. If you start going fast in hundreds. Even even at 200, well, A, you probably could never shoot 200 because you're in low light. 
you'll get banding, um, e even if you're synced. So it's so 100 of a second is pretty much your standard shutter speed, which is fine if they're standing still, but if, if there's any movement, you know, yeah. then you're, you're screwed. And I, I tend to, with the Nikons, I tend to kind of, my, my base speed is usually, I usually try and go for 160th of a second and then vary if I need to, you know, down to maybe sometimes even a 40th or 50th. But the Nikon has vibration control in their lenses, whereas the Fuji doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, so you're limited by, by the shutter speed and the ASA. So, so the new camera I'm quite excited about because um, uh, it's 24 megapixels and you get an extra stop on the ASA. So it goes to 12,800. 12, wow. Um, and, uh, and it's decent enough. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I don't shoot... I don't shoot I mainly shoot still the Nikons. Um, the focusing, I think, is better on the Nikons. Um, you know, so, like I said, the actors need to be kind of stood still to, to, to use the Fuji. But the fact that it's silent is fucking brilliant. Great. I mean, it's just, you know, it's incredible. You can hold it in your hands. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I mean, it's actually, I find it really fiddly because it's so small, you know. Um, and big hands. Yeah, and uh, so I'm going to get the new one. The new one's got a proper grip on it, so uh, battery grip. So I'm going to get that as well. I think. Um, but you know, the technology is it's new still. Moving. So it's so it's definitely for for people like yeah. You know, there's a guy called Hopper Stone. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, who an American stills guy, and he's he is now he's championed the mirrorless thing. He's now he did, he uses Sony though. Um, <laughs> He's completely got rid of his cannons and, and got my Sony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, it's a lot less weight to, you know, for your shoulders to carry all day and things like that. Um, but they do have their limitations. Um, like you say, focus. Well, yeah, the focus isn't... The, the problem is with you can't use um, focus tracking with the mirrorless. Um, so you, you, you basically got to, um, you know, focus and then shoot mm -hmm. uh, and, and if the actor moves um tough tits you know got to refocus or whatever whereas with the nikons you can have 3d focus tracking and they can move around as much and you can still and it works well yeah yeah i mean it, it again limitations depending on the lighting and, and um the problem i find on set is that if they're using a lot of atmos that can screw up the autofocus um if there's a lot of smoke in the room and stuff mm -hmm. you know um uh, it can be quite difficult to focus, and, and it's very low light. You know, it's, it's it's obviously then a lot harder to focus. The batteries too, right? On and the batteries aren't great. Yeah. Well, the, the new Fuji comes with three, and the hand grip is two batteries. So you have got three batteries there, so that won't yeah. be an issue. Um, and and to be honest, at the moment it's not a massive issue because I don't use it all the time. You know, I, uh, one thing I don't like, you know, shooting on an LCD screen as well is is. It's can just, you? Can you put that LCD on live view? Can you have that on all yeah. the time? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it will drain your back. I mean, what's what's also good about it? Yes, yeah, so you can. Uh, you, you know, you can have it in the in the. Just I'm thinking of if you had a like a viewfinder, a loop, you know, like one of those Zacuto things, and you just had that on the back, and you, you actually use that as like your. Your uh, eye finder? No, I, I mean, uh, the, the viewfinder's fine, uh, and then obviously you've got the, the screen on the back. Uh, what's good about it is, well, the screen lifts out, so I've managed to get into a lot of, you know, half the camera like that, oh, yeah. or low, and get into, get into areas that I just could not get into with, with a blimp. Um, yeah. 
and uh, yeah, and it's a quarter the size, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's. Um, I mean, I shot I shot a scene on this crazy face. They were we were in a woods and they were burying their friend that they'd accidentally killed. Um, so they had they had the camera. The camera was using a mirror, I think. Why was it shooting it? Shooting it through glass. Oh no! What? No, it wasn't using a mirror. So the camera was low in the hole, looking up at them. They put glass over the camera so they could throw dirt onto it, as if they were filling in the hole. So I managed. So so I managed to to get my camera next to the lens, shooting through the glass, to get a two shot of them standing over with their shovels. Great. Standing, you know, couldn't have got that with a blimp. With a blimp. No way. Um, uh, so for things like that, it's great as well, yeah. And it's also got wireless, so you could technically you could put the camera somewhere and just use your phone, and live view on your phone, and just and just take pictures that way as well. Great. Um, wow. I haven't I've never used that, and that does sap the, the, the battery strength. But um, it, it's yeah, it's one of the sort of handy ones. Yeah. Um, so it's I'm excited about uh, to get the new one definitely, but it's still not going to replace the Nikon's. Yeah, uh, and then you know Nikon have D5 now, which um, which has the same low light capability as the Sony, uh, 405,000 a standard or something stupid, one and a half million when you push yeah. the limits. Um, I think it's five thousand pounds. I haven't got five thousand pounds to splurge on on a, another camera that essentially does exactly the same as the cameras that I have, yeah. except that you get you know this extra stoppage. Um, so I, I, I mean, eventually I will, obviously upgrade to it. But I'm not. I would rather get invest in the Fuji. What are you running right now? Eight tens. I've got an eight ten, a D four, and a D four S. So my my D four and D four S uh, are my main cameras. That and, and certainly for any action or anything like that. Um, the D eight ten is my portrait camera. Um, but I'll also put that in a blimp because it's a lot quieter than the other two. Much quieter than the other two. So I put that in a blimp. Um, if it's a really quiet scene, but the low light—it's it, a trade-off because it, it's not as good in low light as, as the other two cameras. Yeah. Um, and and then the Fuji. So four four different cameras for different different things, you know. Um, uh, in I mean, a rolling case. I don't actually no. Um, over your shoulder. Oh, uh, it's over my shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the thing is as well, I, it's like. I have uh, little carabiners on my camera bag so I can... Because you're a one-man band and often you have to up sticks and move to a different location or whatever. So I find these as well. So I have like a... My most important bit of kit is a four-point plastic box from Tesco um, uh -huh. because uh, I can pack that inside a, hole, a waterproof hole that I have with all my warm weather kit, you know, hats, gloves, waterproofs. Um, uh, and then I, I put a blimp camera in the blimp blimp in this box when I'm when I'm transporting it my other blimp I hook on to my camera bag so I have three items to carry basically I've got my hold all camera bag and blimp clipped onto my so so clipping it on just gives me that extra hand um, what I uh, and then this box is great because I have it on it's what I call my on set box so I, I you know I leave my kit sort of away from set and then have this on set just means that I can keep the cameras out of the dirt. Mm -hmm. um, if it's raining, I can put one camera inside. It's waterproof. Uh, essentially, people see the cameras a lot better because it's a it's a white box as opposed to just having my camera, my blimps on the ground in a, in a darkened studio mm -hmm. where they can't see anything. Yeah. And it's just you know, it, it's it's brilliant and it's four quid from 
I mean, I've reinforced it with gaffer tape, but um, it, it's the best <laughs> bit of kit, honestly. Um, and uh, and you know, and I've got my name on it, and I think that helps as well. It's like yeah, so people, people can see my name yeah. instead of going stills. Go, they go, oh, it says Stefan Stills on that, so that that helps as well. You know, um, does the camera department ever help you out with like where, when you can leave stuff in their truck? Or sometimes, yeah. I mean, it, leave it on their cart. As you move locations, a lot of the time uh, it depends. My problem at the moment is I'm doing a lot of productions, but I'm not spending enough time in production to really build up relationships. relationships. Now, there's a lot of people I know from different productions, stuff like that. But um, I, ha you know, I do leave um, some gear. But I, I do, in answer to your question, yes, sometimes, um, especially if it's uh, a lot of the time if they're shooting digital. They would have a dark room in the cam in the camera truck they're not using, so I can shove stuff in there. Because uh, it's usually quite full, actually, um, camera trucks. Um, but I don't tend to. Um, I tend to. I don't. You know, in the old days, I used to bring a big pelly case with all my blimps in and, and have everything broken down, and, and I've stopped doing that because it's just it's just too much. So I kind of. Because the, the blimps are pretty much a case in their own respect. You know, I have, mm -hmm. I've, I've kind of made a lens cover that goes over the lenses just to protect them when I'm moving. So I tend to have my, I tend to need my camera bag near set anyway for any lens changes or cleaning or anything like that. Um, so I don't really need to put stuff on, on trucks. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, I had a nightmare the other day in London because we were we we're in Brick Lane, which is a really busy part of London. Um, uh, and you know, first thing security said, there's like two guys in security. The first thing they say to me in the morning is, "You better keep an eye on your stuff because there's only two of us." <laughs> I said, "Well, so how am I supposed to operate if I'm constantly worried that my stuff's going to get nicked?" Yeah. And I'm not. I'm a department of one, so there's no one else to look to watch my back or anything like that. So that was just a complete nightmare. And we were moving spots all the time, slowly working our way down the street in different, just different parts of it. And it, yeah, it was, it was a horrible day because you're just constantly in fear of someone nicking your bag, you know. Um, and it would be very easy to do because, you know, sometimes gear was tucked around the corner from where we were. People were around there, but they're looking at the monitor. They're not looking at the gear. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it was just all a bit of a nightmare, really. Um, but yeah, you're, you're kind of you're responsible for yourself, so you do have yeah. to be self-sufficient. Um, but yeah. Let me just check the time here. Are you? Uh, yeah, I, I need to go at uh, quarter past eight or nine actually. Um, so are you gonna? I hope you're gonna edit these and not not. Oh, it goes up all as my, is. All my waffle. Ah no, it's all good. <laughs> it's good to hear the war stories. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, I know. People it's, love hearing that stuff. Just, I mean, I, 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 um, <laughs> I've got a great story, but I'm not telling it on tape. Um, you need okay, to, I'm going to stop the tape here then because okay. it sounds good. <laughs> and wow, was that a good story. Good thing we didn't have that on air. Anyways, uh, thanks to the Mac for letting me host the podcast here. Thanks for Stefan for enlightening us a little bit about uh, film work and uh, all the gear he uses. And to all you out there, have a great afternoon, great evening, great morning whatever it may be, keep on listening. Thanks again. <laughs>